Hello, hello. Welcome to Sustainable 193. Welcome yourself to the 193rd time we have done this. Um, <laughs> we are. This is your friendly little weekly environment podcast, and this this is about something very interesting, isn't it? All? Yes, this week we're going to talk about a thing that we're supposed to understand but don't, and that thing is hydrogen. No, not that. Well, maybe oh. that sort of hydrogen. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, when we started this podcast, we we were quite open about all the things we didn't understand, and this is this is a proper good old fashioned Dave and old do not understand a thing, and have done some very elementary research into it. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about hydrogen. The government has announced some stuff to do with hydrogen, and we looked at it and we thought that's interesting stuff. They've done. What is this? What's this thing? What is that? What is hydrogen? What is more of it? Do we need more of it? Is it good? Is it bad? Will it blow up? Uh, can you put it in a sandwich? Can you make a cat out of it? All of that sort of stuff. To which the answer is always, apparently, yes. Um, <laughs> but we'll learn all about that. Um, yeah, we're going to do that. So if you have ever wondered what all the fuss is about with hydrogen and what you should think about it. Go and listen to a podcast that does proper science. But if you yeah, want to know one, what David and I think about it, <laughs> listen on. <laughs> there are plenty of podcasts presented by, you know, scientists or at least people who understand science. And that's fine. You know, I accept there is a, there is a niche there, but we are not filling that niche. We are filling a different niche. Uh, so listen to us. Now, look, if you have any beef with anything that we say, uh, you must and you not. Will. <laughs> and you will. You will. There are, we were saying before we recorded, there are people who listen to this podcast very loyally who evidently are scientists or at least understand science. You know, maybe did science GCSE and haven't forgotten it all. And they very patiently get in touch to say, that thing was bollocks, that thing you said. And feel free to get in touch saying that again this week because you will need to but we are trying we're not trying to be stupid we're trying to be less stupid but there's a limit isn't there so if you are one of those people and you have something to say say it to us don't say it to the people who employ us um because it's not their fault that we're silly little amoebas no, I mean, you'd have thought they'd have checked that upon arrival, but still, too late to do anything about it now, so let's get on with it. Thing Dave can't decide if it is good or not. So, this section is yes. basically what the whole podcast be, could be called. Uh, things that we don't understand. Things that might be good, might be bad. And uh, Boris Johnson, is he good or bad? Because he's definitely, he's like, he's there. He's definitely done a thing. He's done a lot of things. Some things he shouldn't have done. Did you know what, that he once <laughs> described himself as literally bursting with spunk? Oh. Uh, his own? Presumably, yes. I think yes. I think he was, <laughs> think he was making better. reference to his overactive uh. libido and tendency to not be entirely monogamous when perhaps he should. Well, before we write him off entirely, um, <laughs> he's done a thing. And everyone seems to think it's quite a good thing unless yes. they read the Daily Mail. Or they're in the darker places of Twitter, in which case they think it's a bad thing. But all of the people who actually count think it's a good thing. Today, we are uniting and levelling up in our country with £12 billion from government, potentially three times as much from the private sector, to create around 250,000 new green jobs. This is our 10-point plan for a green industrial revolution. One. Enough He's done a 10-point plan, mate. He's done a to-do oh, list. I'm not going to play the uh, sexy 10-point plan music. Oh, yeah. Please, please don't ever play sexy music about Boris Johnson when we just <laughs> described him as literally bursting with spunk. Stop, it. Stop um, doing that. He's done. He's done a to-do list. Now, look, everyone feels better when they do a to-do list. Um, yep. You feel like you're on top of things, that you're actually yep. an achiever, that you might, you know... Just get over the hump of feeling like you're never doing anything. So this to-do list is for saving the planet, which is a good to-do list to have. And um, well, it's, it's for Blighty and the next 10 years, really. Uh, it covers kind of everything 
in the green world. Hello, Dave. Do you think that anyone under the age of you will know what blighting is? <laughs> I wondered this when you used it a few episodes ago. I'm reasonably sure it was pretty old hat when we were nippers, never mind when the average demographic of the babble was listening to it. Um, yes, I got told off for saying the Bosch a few weeks ago, so you can have one of these for blighting. Uh, right, look, shut up. He's done a 10-point plan, okay? This is this was trailed in the media for a long time. It was a kind of, uh, I think, part of his attempt to move on from the global pandemic, which I'm not sure is a thing you can move on from. How's that going? But, um, <laughs> but he definitely wants to, <laughs> to refocus on the domestic agenda, you know, after all, Dominic Cummings and Dominic Goings. Uh, and he, yeah, so he's done this big thing saying, look at us, we are well and green. Now, look, we're not going to talk about it all because, frankly, look, that would be dull. We're yeah. going to say very quickly what was in the 10-point plan. Um, and I'm going to ask Dave with each one to say yay or grrr. Go. Banning new petrol and diesel car sales by 2030. Yes, good. No, no, yay, yay or grrr. Yay. Thank yay. You. More money for walking and cycling and stuff. Very much yay. Uh, 40 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. Said it already, but yay. Okay. Half a billion quid for nuclear. A uh, bit less yay. Go back oh. and listen to episode 44 for more nuclear. <laughs> oh. Chicken. Uh, more money <laughs> for green grants for insulating your home and making it all snowy and cosy. Ah. Oh. Now. Oh. Oh, he stopped it. We talked about this, didn't we, a few episodes ago now, about your, uh, your your government giving money to people to insulate their houses. And we were like, that's good. Well yeah, done. Yeah, it was good. It was loads of money. Yeah. But, you know, no one ever pays for this stuff and he was paying for this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Voucher. Um, you can go and get a voucher, can't you? So, how's, so why is he now putting more money into it? Uh, well, I think because it's not been going very well. <laughs> <laughs> And hydrogen. Stop doing that. Now, look, he has said um, some stuff about hydrogen. Before we come to that, before we come to that, because this is what most of this episode is going to be about. Did you think that in totality, all your Boris Johnson's spunk bursting announcement was good? Because I tell you what. Most people seem to think it's good. Friend of the babble, James Murray, talks about how it is hard to overstate the significance. Boss of the committee, what's it called? Committee on Climate Change. I've crashed. Committee on Climate Change says it's good. Easy for you to say. Tony Juniper, go back and listen to episode 30, something, eight, seven. He says it's good. Um... He talked Green about roots. yeah. He talked about you know thirty six years since he started working in this field and like given the context of how crap everything's been in those thirty six years, he described this as a red letter day. As mentioned in the last episode with Becky Willis, go and listen. Good to episode. It. Very good episode. Um, I'm just delighted that the person in charge is taking every opportunity to say green is a good thing like look at us how brilliant we are because we're doing green things which are good and like all of his cheerleaders in the sun and stuff are saying isn't boris's green plan brilliant now look it's it's you know it's not a brilliant plan it's obviously got things not in it that should be in it it's got things that are in it that probably shouldn't but it is it is good that it's happening it is i will like just one thing, if I may, one very quick you thing. You may, sure podcast, um, you can have so two like, things if you like. Yeah, no, I've, I've been saying a number of things and um, I fell asleep before this episode so my mouth isn't really working. Do you ever have that where you like you feel like you're drunk after you've fallen asleep? You ever have I usually that? am, to be fair. You are, I mean, you are. I've noticed this. You've taken what? to drinking during recording and uh, it's very unprofessional. It's not very unprofessional. It's your fault for insisting we do it in the middle of the bloody night. I don't. I, look, I, I didn't want to have to do this in front of our listeners, but like, <laughs> you will recall that at the beginning of this season, I said oh, it yeah. is absolutely fine to do it at like 5.30, 6 o'clock, end of the working day. Mm-hmm. And then you've all moved it to like midnight or whatever time it is now. So, you know, don't have a go at me. Bed! Beds for sleepy people! Let's get a kebab and go to a disco! I remember when I used to bang on about air pollution a lot more than I do now. 
that the government, this is like three years ago, maybe not very long ago, the government said we're going to ban new petrol and diesel cars by 2045. And everyone in the place I worked and everyone else was like, <laughs> that is like basically, you know, the future. That is irrelevantly far away. I think, well, I think we away. might have said that on the babble. Yeah. Indeed. And some dude from the Treasury rang me up and said, are you going to be nice about this? Uh, and I <laughs> and I said, no. Because Rearrange the following words into a sentence. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, I, and he said, well, why not? And I was like, well, because it's, a ridiculously long way away and he said may i remind you that um most people only own a car for about seven years so that is only four cars away for most people it's <laughs> like are you trying to persuade me by that argument that actually this is a reasonable time frame and I, he didn't believe what he was saying any more than i believed what he was saying but the point is it shows you how quickly things can change. It shows yes. you that campaigning works, that all of the people who have been saying we need this by 2030 have now got it. And if you don't ask, you don't get. And it also shows that you should not pay any attention to the nonsense that people say about how, you know, we must be pragmatic about these things and it'll be very difficult to do it sooner. Um, rubbish. It's rubbish. I light a candle to Right. Hydrogen. So, what was announced was the following. We're going to listen to the following, and then we're going to see how many of the words within it we understand, right? And I want you to have your babble antennae geared and Ooh, ready. Okay, they're yes. primed. Are they primed? I can see them. There they are. Right. What has been announced is working with industry. Any twitches? Um, well, they've certainly turned on at that. Yeah. yeah. If they were on standby, they're now they're now in full receiver on. Um, mode. The government, it's, the government aims to generate, it Aim, says here, aims, aims to. to generate five mm. gigawatts of low carbon hydrogen production capacity by 2030 for industry, transport, power and homes. And aims to develop aims. the first town heated entirely by hydrogen by the end of the decade, i.e. nine or ten years away, depending how you define the end of the decade. Did you know that the end of the decade is not when you think the end of the decade is? Well, presumably it's the end like of the decade is the 31st of December 2029. No, see, that's the thing. It's like that thing about the whole um, the millennium is not actually uh, like the year 2000 was the year before the millennium. 2001 was the first year of the new millennium. That's what apparently mathematically is correct. In the same way, so decades, think about it, yeah? Oh, well, if, because you start at year one, you don't start at year naught. Correct. Fine. Sorry, Good. am I supposed to be outraged by that? Or <laughs> No, I'm just saying that I wouldn't be at all surprised if they've got to the end of uh, 2030 and they haven't yet developed the first town heated entirely by hydrogen. And I say, oh, no, no, we didn't mean that. We meant the Gregorian calendar, um, or whichever one whichever one we're not on, or the, the Romanian one, or the Mr Blobby calendar. Yeah, or whatever. The, the, the calendar on Neptune, um, which I think we're all aware of. Yeah, okay, so in, in 10 slash 30 years' time, um, they're going to have a town powered, uh, heated rather, entirely by hydrogen. Well, that sounds good. That sounds good, isn't it? I mean, there were a few little tweaks, uh, little little twinges of the Babel antenna there. Um, working with industry is always, I mean, you know, yeah, but well, you've got to have an industry doing some of this stuff, but... Doesn't say working with Dave and Earl, does it? And that's no. that, that would be a better approach. Although, um, if I were them, I wouldn't put us in charge of hydrogen policy for reasons we're about to uh, <laughs> underline. I think all all of the aiming to generate this, and you know, having capacity to do this rather than mm. actually doing it. What have you got um, capacity for, Earl? I've got say? capacity for all sorts of things. I've got I've got capacity to um, concentrate at you know one hundred percent productivity on my important job and on my family life at all times and I have the capacity to go to sleep at a sensible time of night and I have the capacity um, to babble seamlessly without ever needing to be edited. doesn't mean I do any of those things. Um, so it's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, excuse me? My daddy is a geologist and he says there actually isn't any concrete evidence of global warming. That's not true. Global warming is going to kill us all. The Republicans are responsible. Thank you. Anyway, 
we sat down to talk about this because I don't, I don't think we have talked about hydrogen. I think we might have elliptically talked about it, you know, and there'll be some hydrogen as well or something. Um, but I think we've never really talked talked about it. And the reason for that is, A, because it was always a bit of a thing that was coming in the future, I think. Um, and B, and this is more to the point, didn't bloody understand it, right? Um, Correct. When people say we need hydrogen, I think, good, good. That's good. No, we're going to use that. That's a good thing. That um, that thing. Um, <laughs> yes. And then rapidly and really... talk about something that you do understand. <laughs> exactly. Like how uh, a given amount of money that's been spent is not enough, because that's a nice, easy thing to say. Like government spends some money and then you can just say, oh, it's not enough. They are. Yes. I've said you, my easy thing. You get your template um, press release, which says yes. this is a good start or a step in the dire right direction or it's too little, too late. Um, so... Do you know what hydrogen is? Well, don't ask me that. This is the problem when I let you kind of introduce the subject. You get, you then get to ask the question. Yes. Well, I sort of, I sort of do now, having spent a lot of time on Wikipedia. I mean, apparently it's everywhere. Apparently it's like the most common element. Is it an element? Yes, it's the most common element in the universe. I know that. You know that. You may be a periodic table off of school. No, it's I number really one. Don't. Yeah, it's number one. It's the one Is on the it? left. Okay. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Why don't we? Why don't we call up friend of the babble, Big Dave, who Thank we haven't God. spoken to for a while, <laughs> our resident science expert, um, and get him out of hibernation and say and ask him this question, Big Dave. What even basically is hydrogen? Like, okay, it's the most common element in the universe. Yes, yes, yes. Fine. But like, what? What is? See what I mean? It. <laughs> All right, lads. Well, as you say, hydrogen is an element. And in fact, it's the simplest element. It's just one proton and one electron. Water, critically, is two-thirds hydrogen, two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom for each water molecule. And when we come to it, you two are about 10% hydrogen yourselves. Hydrogen is also very reactive, i.e. it burns easily. And the great thing about hydrogen is when you burn it in air, it just creates water. In the same way, burning carbon in air creates carbon dioxide. Yeah, how about that? And some baby Big Dave chucked into boot. If my ears did not, did yeah, not I thought I had a little me. squawk in there. Yeah, very good. Okay, so you and I are a bit hydrogen. Yeah, that's, ten, that's ten percent of us is hydrogen. How much of yourself would you chuck into the national grid to save the planet? Huh? Uh a good 50 60 percent right now <laughs> not worth any more than that okay that, that, that's good news okay we're 10 percent hydrogen um i you know what i did it's a know bernie thing it's a bernie was, thing yes it's a bernie thing i mean famously quite goes goes bang quite a lot doesn't it does that in yeah. certain circumstances wasn't there that big airship Hindenburg. Hindenburg. The Hindenburg. Yeah, this is around about the time I was doing my GCSEs. Heading for Lakehurst, New Jersey. Over Newark's famous auto skyway, the airship was hailed by thousands who little dreamed it was their final glimpse of the Hindenburg. Inside the silver envelope are 16 separate gas bags, each filled with hydrogen, a highly inflammable gas. Yeah, that, that went up. And, um... What have we have we talked about this on the babble with someone, or have I just got it from somewhere else? I've got this vague little babble memory of someone saying something to us at some point about how had that not have happened in was it nineteen twenties, thirties, forties, something like that? Had that not have happened, that like by now hydrogen would probably be this sort of mass we would already be using it all over the shop but because wow. like, that happened it might have been friend of the babble alice bell when i was talking to her the other day can't remember like she yeah. history of climate change and all the rest of it all yeah. that stuff had that not happened basically set, everyone was like whoa, 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 whoa bad bernie too bernie too big bernie bernie bad bernie bad don't like it well Let's. you can see their point it's like yes so hang on you want you, you know that big balloon of explodey stuff that just exploded badly Badly. You you want to do more of that? No, I don't. You, you want to put that in a pipe in my mum's house? No, I don't. No, no. no. Fine. <laughs> Have another go. Yes, it's a it's a Bernie thing. 
But it's a Bernie thing. It says here, according to Big Dave, that when you burn it, does not make all the nasties what right. happens when you burn oil and gas and stuff. So this and is the point. This is why it is exciting for environmental types like you and me, because yes. when you burn it, you don't get things that cause the planet to heat up as a result. You don't get anything that like goes inside kids' lungs or anything. You just well, are get you sure, water. Uh, are you sure about that? Because according to a bloke on Twitter, um, oh, if hang you on. hang on, <laughs> uh, I don't good know why science these... podcasts begin with that <laughs> statement. I don't know why these environmentalists are so excited about burning hydrogen because you get water vapor and that causes climate change. <laughs> oh, there we go. Go back yeah. to doing a huge amount of productive and constructive things for the planet, which you are undoubtedly doing in between snarking at everyone else. I will do. Um, oh, sorry, you weren't <laughs> talking, wasn't talking about you. Um, Yeah, so this is the thing because there aren't no polluty things. So if you can harness it somehow. Yeah. Uh, that is good. And yes. also, it's abundant is another thing. So H2O, lots of H in there, uh, yeah. lots of H True. everywhere. But the problem, as I understand it from reading things, is is how you get it. And you said, yes. you said, oh, it's everywhere. And I was like, brilliant. Well, why, like, why haven't we got it? And you're like, no, you can't just kind of get it with a sieve. You have to get it out of things. It is in things. It is in air. It is in, um, is it in the air? Yeah, uh, no, it's not in the air. No, um, it's not in the air. It's, not in, it's the in water. It's in it's water. In, it's in all sorts of stuff. It, it's it's very abundant and it's very small. And there's a lot of it, which means it's usually attached to things. There's one of it, and most of the stuff in the in on Earth has more than one. So that's why. That's my basic chemistry. Sorry, one of what? There's one of it. It's number one. There's one of it. <laughs> there's okay. one. There's one. When you have helium, there's two helium. And there's one hydrogen. So we do have helium, but we, we, that's two, but we don't have hydrogen. I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> what was that? Siri doesn't understand for some reason. I've just upset Siri. Shall I shut up at this point? <laughs> oh my God. Computer says no. That's the third timing. Yes. Okay. So that, there's lots in water. Let's, let's just keep it very simple. There's loads in water and um like and fish. other things and uh including i believe uh in methane cow farts ch4 is i think the chemical symbol for methane oh someone so was paying attention there's an h there and a four which means there's lots of the h yes so this sounds good to me. Yeah. So, so methane, uh, like water, like H2O, is one of the things where you can go, right, I want to split that and get me some of that hydrogen. Now, the way of doing that traditionally is to use lots of fossil fuels, which is bad. Um, and at the moment, that's how it's done. And this is, brace yourself, this is what is known as grey hydrogen. There are different colours. Grey is bad. You mean it's different of, colours? Yeah, grey hydrogen. Now, I, I don't think it is the actual colour of the hydrogen. I think this is a, uh, a helpful sort of traffic lighting system. Right. Um, so grey, you know, like the kind of fetid, horrible skin of an aged climate denier, uh, grey. Grey is bad. Um, then there's blue hydrogen. Oh, that sounds nice. Now, this is where you do the same thing, so bad, like you use fossil fuels to um, extract the hydrogen from other things. But, crucially, you don't let those fossil fuel emissions, the carbon emissions, go into the atmosphere. You capture them and you store them, which would be lovely, except we don't really do capturing and storing carbon emissions at any great scale yet. So it's a slightly no. hypothetical one. As discussed, Babel has been going for six years and as discussed for the entirety of the Babel, the idea, the hypothetical idea of taking carbon dioxide, putting it into a hole in the ground where some oil used to be, gaffer taping it up and hope it never gets out, has been done, is a thing, but not like a lot. No. Yet. It hadn't been no. done a lot when we started and people were saying, hang on lads, it's coming. And it still hasn't been done a lot now. And, you know, a more cynical podcast than ours might say... <laughs> Not it, there are many of those. It's a very useful thing for the fossil fuel industry to be able to point at and say, look, like, you know, this wonderful thing is coming that is going to enable us to capture all of these emissions, so don't worry about it. Um, just hold your horses, just wait, and meanwhile we'll carry on being 
you know, oil companies and stuff. So yes. that's what a cynical podcast would say, but we're obviously not cynical. Now, look, you're keeping up. Grey hydrogen, bad. Blue hydrogen, potentially, in theory, better, but in practice, not really there yet. And then a good one, the one we're going to bang on about even more, is green hydrogen. And all green mm. things are good, aren't they? Apart from Plymouth Argyle. What's wrong with Plymouth Argyle? Well, they're just not very good. Orange and blue. Now we can sing a rainbow. Sing a rainbow. Sing a rainbow. <laughs> get a haircut, hippie. <laughs> yes, you get this by using renewable energy. Um, now, not in the same way, obviously. From fossil fuels, you get methane, you smack it up, you get the hydrogen out. You ain't got that. You do it a different way. And what you do is magic shit. It is magic shit. It is genuinely magic shit. I'm going to describe to you a thing that if you'd have described this to me 20 years ago and you said this is a thing, not only that we can do, but it's like, actually, this is a stuff, this is simple chemistry, my brain would have exploded. So take a minute and think about this. You put a wind turbine on a hill or a solar panel on a roof or something else magic that hasn't been invented yet, renewable energy, right? So from, like, nature, get electricity, yes? Yes. Yes, good. Um, Then you get some water in a bucket. You might have done this at school. I've got a vague memory of doing this at school, actually. And you put the electricity into the water. Yes? I I thought mixing electricity and water is famously bad. Yes, don't try this at home. But I think if you do it in the right kind of way... Um, I mean, I am totally out of my depth here, but basically that is what you do. It's called electrolysis. Oh, it is a thing. Um, And then out of that, you get your H2O, which, as you quite rightly said, is two H's and an O. You split the H and the O, right? So then you've got some H. And at the other side, you've got some O. And we like O. O, good. Um, And then you can, like, use that H to set fire to and keep warm. Have I got this right or wrong? Right. Yes. Right. No, you're right. So, yeah, yeah, it's... Uh, Yeah, and then all you get out of it when you've done that is a wet floor. You get some water. Yes, and... Yeah. (laughs) I mean, they've even thought about doing it not just in buckets, but in fact in things like rivers and... um, and lakes and huge tanks and stuff so thereby negating the whole wet floor problem as well so there really are, <laughs> there really are very few problems with the system yeah it's, it's yeah. kind of magic shit it's like we need power to do electrolysis to split the water into hydrogen and oxygen we can get that power from clean things then we get a fuel which when you burn doesn't pollute like that's pretty cool what I is totally not to like I'm totally on board with that plan. And in yes. fact, like, you know, put, put the music on that you put on whenever I talk about my family. Uh, no, not, not that one. The, the other family, the, 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 the family you know about. Not oh, that, that one. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah. There you go. That family. Yeah. Um, now, look, there are some interesting people um, in, in my your family. family. Uh, there are that 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 uncle for a start (laughs) Um, and uh, some of them have access to a lot of land and uh, one of them was person who has access to a lot of land was telling me about plans to do exactly this they got a big old river that roars through and they want to um, yeah do this basically have some of the water off it split the old hydrogen and they don't want to do it with a uh, wind turbine they want to do it with one of those corkscrewy things Um, what's it called the Archimedes screw screw. yeah Uh, so where you're getting electricity from the flow of a river and it's very cool it's very cool there you go And the green hydrogen renewable stuff is not done very much and it's still proper expensive but as offshore wind and stuff as renewables get cheaper and cheaper and cheaper which they keep doing you know aforementioned offshore wind everywhere is much cheaper than it's ever been before that's all good then gets cheaper and will get better and that is good and it might start to become a way and this is you know something a whole other thing but it might start to become a way that we can even store uh when we have like too much renewables because we've been too good at harnessing all that free energy we can store it by using that excess to make hydrogen and you you could either then that is what you're doing or you can then if you really want burn the hydrogen when you're done um, and get power that way that's good isn't it that's very good that's very good now i suppose at the moment you might be able to argue well we haven't got enough renewables to like 
no. do everything at the moment with renewables because we still burn gas and sometimes coal and whatever. So we're going to have to have even more renewables than we're currently planning to do. But yes, that is, an ob- that is actually quite a commonly heard objection, to be honest. That's not a small point. It's like we're still only uh, if they build all of that 40 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030, like what Boris said, that's still something like 50 percent of the UK's electricity. So we're still like a long way from a fully renewable energy system as it is. So a lot of people go, well, why do you want to try and make yourself make it even harder by generating hydrogen off of it we should do other things instead yeah which i get and i don't want to be all kind of like dismissive of the idea that you know maybe covering everything with renewables is is bad on the other hand renewables are just getting better and better and better all the time we're like by the time uh arabella is your grand age like there would there just will be renewables powering everything right and they're going to have cool things like massive solar things in the desert providing all of the electricity that like the whole universe needs like i think i think we'll get there like it'll be bumpy but i think we'll get there on that one Hello there, my name is Crichton2x4b523p, such a jerky middle name, and you are listening to Sustainababble. If you are this far through the podcast and you have access to some social media, at this exact point in the podcast, send us a little tweet to say whether or not you're understanding us. We just want to know whether or not we we're keeping you uh, engaged or not by this point. If you think we've done a good job, let us know. Gosh. That that's a break. A that's break. <laughs> fortune. I don't know what it is. Um, right. So we've got our hydrogen. Why? What? What are we going to do with it? We are going to do one of two things with it, Hole, I think, although I confess I'm a little bit sketchy on one of them. We are either <laughs> going to set fire to it, because as discussed, as demonstrated, big Bernie thing. So we will use it to go to like big heavy industry where you need very hot lots of stuff like steel plants and stuff like that. And we'll burn it in there, I think, possibly. I don't know. You've got your sceptical face on. Something like that anyway. That's probably wrong. But industry anyway, right? We'll set fire to it to burn stuff where we still need to burn things. Okay. So if you're making cement or steel or whatever, not cement, um, if you're making steel or ceramics or something like that, then yeah. you yeah. need big burny things and this is a good big burny thing to do. Okay? I think. I think it is possible that you st- that it won't be hot enough. I don't know. Anyway, use it to burn and also in boilers. So like in your house, right? You The, in, the gas that currently comes into your boiler off of methane and stuff, we might turn that into hydrogen and burn that instead. Warmy, warmy, nice. Yes, I think it's not quite as simple as that. I I believe that we're going to need different boilers. Yes, we're going to need different and boilers. It's like there are different yeah. pressures and stuff, but the principle is the same. You can burn it to make your house warm. In as theory. someone said, as someone said on the internet the other day, you think we've got a culture war starting about climate change now? Just wait until they come for people's boilers. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Well, so I, I suppose it's not beyond the realms possibility that someone clever work will work out how you can have like hydrogen in the existing pipes and in the existing boilers in people's existing houses, and it won't be that disruptive. But they haven't worked it out yet, so probably will need to be new things. But anyway, can use gas to heat water to send around radiators and keep Dave warm. That would yes. be an excellent thing. It um, would. I'm cold. I'm going to put my I'm going to put my blanket on. Yeah, I'm cold as well. Yeah. Bloody freezing. Uh, okay, so burning it. Burning it is good. Um, the other thing, and this is tricky, mm. the other thing is for like moving around transport. So at the moment, as you may be aware, things like petrol exist and um, <laughs> we use a lot of it in cars. Stand and there are business. lots of electric cars. We've done a number of episodes on electric cars, not least with Crichton off of Red Dwarf, Robert Llewellyn. Go and listen yep. to that one episode. 184. Thank you very much. Um, And there are other things that you can do, including hydrogen fuel cells. Now, Dave, explain to the class what a hydrogen fuel cell is. Okay, one last time. These are small, but the ones out there are far away. (laughs) Um... 
unfortunately, class, Ol has put a child's drawing of a car <laughs> onto our little shared document that we look at, um, which shows um, what happens is you sit in a car and you drive it with a happy smile, um, and then some hydrogen comes out of the back of a tank, just like your tank does. Yes, so it, it goes, has a tank. Has a tank. Has a tank, and it goes to. Uh, there's some batteries as well. Don't know what they do. Oh, the batteries do some electricity. So you've also got batteries, um, and then the hydrogen goes into a hydrogen pot, and then there's a big battery, basically big electric that's fuel, thing. Yeah, that's the kind of the fuel cell, I believe. The fuel cell thing. And, uh, and basically, it's like the electrolysis it? thing, basically, but happening like in real time in a car, as far as I can work out. Um, hydrogen in one end, water out the other end, um, and bish, bash, bosh. So your car drives along with water coming out of its bottom. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, that's probably right. And and as well as... I mean, it, uh, let's face it, it isn't, but <laughs> it'll do. But the point is, you have, a, you have a thing called a fuel cell inside the car, which does something magic to create the kind of chemical energy of hydrogen into yeah. motion-y energy, and that drives an electric motor. And you've also got a battery in there, which is kind of charged up by that energy. So it's all lovely and snazzy. The exciting thing, and I think why advocates of hydrogen cars are so like evangelical about it, is like it's still a tank that you just fill up. So you can you can fill up your tank of hydrogen very quickly <sighs> in a couple of minutes, um, and you don't have all of the uh, like sitting around you know, waiting for a charging point to become free, which I'm not going to go into, but blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, and like also for uh, shipping, boats, ferries, trains, um, whether or not they're burning it or fuel selling it, I couldn't I tell you. I think they're but, fuel uh, selling it. I suppose those ones right. have got to have big tanks, which is why mm. they get excited about lorries and buses. Buses, there are there are hydrogen buses in London and all over the shop. Yeah. Aberdeen's got hydrogen buses up it. I know that. Energy transition is a key role to play within that diversification and hydrogen is an area where we've invested over the last five years because we can see how it not only will help us with the diversification of our economy but it So will the thing that you can't use it for and I think I'm right in this yes. is like cooking. Because I was about to say in the prep, like, wouldn't it be great, you know, if you could just still cook on your gas hob at home, except instead of it being methane-y stuff, um, it could be hydrogen-y stuff. And then I had that vision of the whole Hindenburg thing. Mm. And I was like, I don't think, I don't think this is something you can cook off. And there's, there's, there's scant mention of cooking with hydrogen on the internet, so... Mm. I'm going to assume that this isn't a thing, but again, please write in if that's wrong. Well, also, what might happen is if you uh, set, you have hydrogen coming out of your hob and it's burny, burny, and then when it burns, it produces water, so it's going to put itself out, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure that's how it works, but you definitely have a lot more. <laughs> you have a lot of water around. H2O water. Shell is developing hydrogen fuel stations in California and across Germany and the UK. In so, addition oh, to developing oh, hi. And you know who really, really, really likes hydrogen? Uh, Dave Potter. does. Uh, well, I'm warming to it. And Boris Johnson likes it, and a lot of people seem to like it, and Greenies sort of grudgingly seem to like it. But who really likes it is oil companies and oil countries and gas companies. Basically, companies and Inhofe. things. Well, not necessarily inhoffs. Like, you want to call the entirety of Saudi Arabia an inhoff? You go for it. I want to call the Saudi Arabian regime an inhoff, yeah. Okay. I'm very, very comfortable good. doing that. Please please take that up directly with Ol. Um, <laughs> not with me. Um, basically, people who are on in the business of selling things, which you get shipped in large volume from one place to another place that you then set fire to, um, yeah, essentially, it, <laughs> they like it. So Shell really likes hydrogen. Um for example, and I, I know you t like. I I must stop just because Shell likes a thing. Instinctively and immediately assuming that thing is bad. For Why? years that worked. For years that works, and I still think that about the coal industry. So whenever like the coal industry says a thing, it generally means it's not good for the environment when they like it, right? Um, but yeah, Shell like it, and the reason they like it is because it basically allows you to do the same shit. The business model, if you are a massive company like Shell with like four courts everywhere that sells stuff to people, and you know 
global transportation infrastructures and all that sort of stuff is the same. It's not as, oh my god, arse-clenchingly, terrifyingly end of all things to it as, like, renewables is. I know there is good in you. The Emperor hasn't driven it from you fully. And the world in general thinks that there is something like a What's this number? Very big number coming in, Al. Brace yourself. A mm-hmm. two and a half trillion dollar market for hydrogen oh, that's too by the big. year. That's too many. That's not a real number. That's yeah. just a concept. Well, no numbers are real, are they? There's only three numbers. There's nothing, one, and everything. That's, that's it. Very profound. Hmm. There you go. Well, this is everything, then, isn't it? So I, think I, might just have, I think I might just have fixed maths. If that, <laughs> About time if you, somebody did. If you know maths, tell me if that's right. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm more of a kind of pathetic reactionary than you are and um, a more tribal. And I, I am still of the mind that if Shell likes something, it's bad. I take, your, I take your point that we probably should be a little bit more mature than that. Um, but then they've tipped the planet to an almost irreversible point of climate Armageddon, oh, knowingly. That. Oh, so, that. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm not going to rush into assuming that they've got the right, in, right motivations. And I, I presume that we will see a very effective effort by Shell to say, well, look, green hydrogen, as in the, all the renewable stuff, that's a way off and unproven, but, you know, let us lead the way in blue or grey hydrogen, probably blue hydrogen with our, our swanky CCS. And that, of course, just enables them to carry on selling their fossil fuel products that they've always sold. So isn't that really what's going to win it for them? That said, yes, I'm not quite prepared to say, well, because Shell like it, it's terrible. Because it sounds really good. Because I think the... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but it does. The idea of of the green hydrogen thing does sound brilliant. There are some people, I think, for whom hydrogen is insufficiently revolutionary. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, we mentioned at the start heat pumps, which we have talked about before. In fact, we saw one all back in episode 118, if you remember. Do you remember we went to go and see a heat pump? Is that when we went to the the pub under the... Well, the the heat pump under the pub. The river under the pub with the heat pump Do you remember pubs? I remember, oh, <laughs> I remember pubs. And speaking to a lovely, clever person. Called Dave. Called Dave, yep. And and the person that Dave and I were interviewing. Uh, <laughs> God, embarrassing. Uh, and talking about like heat pumps. And they said it's basically like a fridge in reverse. And we said, how do yeah. fridges work? And they explained and we went, Good. Carry on. <laughs> yes. So heat pumps. So the government plans to have 600,000 heat pumps. And people who like kind of decentralised energy as an idea, so who don't like the idea of big energy companies still having a hold, and who think that it is good that we're all self-sufficient. And I have a lot of time for that, and the Babel has a lot of time for that, I think. Um, think that hydrogen is just a, like the reason it is popular is because it's basically doing the same sort of thing but doing it in a green kind of way. You mean doing the um, same sort of thing as we currently do, rather yeah, than yeah, doing yeah. the kind of challenging stuff around heat pumps, yeah. Right, it's not. It's insufficiently revolutionary. And, I, you know, I think, I would think that if the government was presenting it as either or. But they're not. I mean, to be totally fair to them, and God knows we've bashed this government enough, right? To be totally fair to them all, they are, like, they are going big for both of those things. They're saying, we want shitloads of heat pumps. We want shitloads of hydrogen. Like, that is what they are doing, right? Yes, probably the money isn't good enough. Yes, probably, etc., 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 right? And I think the other thing is, right, I think it is genuinely brilliant and the sort of thing that we should have had in climate policy. I don't know if you think this is right. I don't care. Shut up and listen. Stop interrupting me. Listen. <laughs> to me, make my point. What was I saying? Oh, I don't know. I'm reading something else. I was just, you, you were in full flow, so I just thought I'd give you a minute or two Yes, I love the... I genuinely love that we're going to power a town by hydrogen in the next 10 years. Oi, I love hang that. on a minute, hang on a minute. I love just, it. I'll just take you back to that statement, okay? What? We what? aim to well, develop the first yes, town heated entirely by hydrogen. Waffle. Now look. I know, President Kennedy did not say we aim to take a man to the moon. Exactly. <laughs> I just no, think, all right, yes. I okay. would not be front of the queue saying, no, 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 no. You said you were going to power Basingstoke by hydrogen and look, it's 2030 and you haven't. 
I would much rather they said right now, we are definitely going to power Basingstoke by hydrogen. And like, that is our thing. Don't know how we're going to do it yet, but we're going to do it. I'd much rather they said that than okay. like, we aim to. All right, but isn't it... Okay, fine, 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 fine. Weasel, weasel, whiffle, fine. But I just, I think we need a few more of these sort of things. Instead of talking about like targets instead Percentage of saying of this yeah instead of talking about gigawatts and shit this. that people yeah. don't understand to actually start saying see where you live there's a reasonable chance we're going to power all of that in 10 years off of green stuff right i think that sort of thing is really exciting and i applaud it unequivocally without reservation apart from the reservations and the equivocation that we just did about it being wiffly but apart from that yeah Fair enough. Fair enough. And, you know, just worth saying that the babble accepts no responsibility for any <laughs> enormous explosions or massive loss of life that may result from Boris's hydrogen town. Um, do, you really, do you really think that 10 years from now when Basingstoke has blown up because someone's <laughs> put the hydrogen back to front, um, that they're going to look back and they'll say, I'm sure those bastards back in episode 193 of Sustainable said this was a good idea. Let's Come after them with what's left of our pitchforks. <laughs> you know Sir Dave and Sir Ol of, oh, yes. of Basingstoke. Um, <laughs> didn't they say something about this back in the day? Things that went well and things that could have gone better. Now, I have a feeling that the content of this episode is going to feature in this section in future episodes. And this section is things that went well and things that could have gone better. But for now, we're focusing on the past. And the past is when Dave was criticised for a thing by a listener. And Dave, what do you want to say about that? Back in episode 174, I'll, I got right at the start of lockdown, I got on my bicycle and I went to London Bridge and I said look, it's great they're putting cycle lanes in here and they weren't going in before. And I put that out and it was nice. Then, Babble listener Alex Ingram wrote to the Babble. He wrote to us. He did, he wrote he to wrote us. He wrote to us. And we he? covered that, I think, in a subsequent episode when he basically said, no, you're a dick, they aren't cycle lanes um, and uh, you're an idiot, basically. That's what he said. Um, and I thought, okay. I was man enough to take it on the chin. I let it go. It's like, okay, fine. That's fine, Alex Ingram. <laughs> he's in a menacing and not at all defensive way yeah and then and I didn't do this to him I promise then he got in touch to say this <clears throat> friend of the babble Alex Ingram here uh, from London Bridge where well, I just thought I would report in that I am wrong I'm a massive wrong head and Dave is right there is cycle lanes on London Bridge um, after all I mean there you are let that be a warning to you. If you are thinking about picking up a pen or an email and sending it in my direction as a result of anything that I have said in this podcast or previous podcast ever, you're probably wrong. You'll probably have to do a snivelly, grovelly apology live on air like Alex Ingram has just done. Thank you, Alex, for being for having the chutzpah to do that. Thank you very, very much. Um, Ol probably has taught bollocks, but you just think twice if you're picking holes in what Dave has said, right? Yeah. Yeah. Think twice and then write in because the second think won't make any difference. There'll be just as much bollocks after the second, third and fourth think. Um, so, yeah, do get in touch. Yes, you can do that by um, sending us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. Um, you can drop us a tweet at the Babble Wagon or we're on the Facebook at Sustainababble. Yes? Right, that is just about it for another episode of The Babble. Thank you very much, Dave, for thank learning. You. Uh, well, you, thank you for learning too. We've done some good learning, didn't we, Al? I think so. I think so. I am going to go and read a little bit more Wikipedia. Yes. Um, but I think I understand what a hydrogen is now and that we, shouldn't, we shouldn't eat them um, because they're, they've been hunted almost to extinction. Poor little hydrogens. No, no more. Yes, no, no free hydrogens in the wild. 
no, anymore or something. Exactly. Thank you to Big Dave for explaining to us what hydrogen is. Don't forget, if you have any questions uh, that you would like the Babble to look into, send them our way. We'll send them to Big Dave and we'll pass off his insight as our own. Thank you very much as ever to the splendorous Dickie Moore for the music that begins, ends and intertwinkles this podcast. And to the equally besplendorous Arthur Stobel who has designed our logo what is on our website and our t-shirts that you can buy from our website. Christmas is coming up is all I'll say. You know, I can't think of a better present. There may be a better present but I can't think of one. So go to our website www.sustainababble.fish and buy t-shirts for every person you know. Yes, do particularly do it on Black Friday, which is the annual festival of if you don't buy t-shirts, Ol and Dave will call you a bastard. Exactly. Black yes. Friday's coming up. Look, that credit card is not going to max out itself. So just buy, buy, buy. That is the central message here. Speaking of coughing up, please consider coughing up to support the running costs of this babble. Um, quite a few people have coughed up recently. That is great. We need more coughing up, please. Please donate on our Patreon, as our wonderful Babble Army do. Wubbly, wubbly, wubbly dot patreon.com slash sustainababble. Now, look, if you do give us dosh, if you are one of our patrons, you can expect a very special treat, which is unedited, Dave and Ol, because we did a live episode at Future Fest the other day. Dave, in fact, did two live episodes, but... um, Ol couldn't be bothered. It was a Saturday. I can't be expected (laughs) to get out of bed on a Saturday. Uh, Look, we did a live episode. It was great fun. And, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't have the opportunity to re-record potentially libelous bits, so... Who knows what I said and who knows what Dave said. That is going to be made available exclusively for our patrons. So go and wang us some money and you will then see live Dave and Ol. Right, good. Um, I'm off. Are you two off? I hope you're off because otherwise you're just going to be talking to yourself. (laughs) No, no, I've never told you actually. I just stay here on Zoom um, (laughs) until you dial back in in seven days' time. Why are you always late then? (laughs) There is no situation in which I am not capable of being late. (laughs) <laughs> Good. Well, I shall see you back here in roughly a week, give or take a few ten minutes here or there, yes? Splendid. Bye! Right, bye! Bye!